我是慧宇，我是罗孝信事务所的合伙人，来自新加坡。今天非常高兴有这个机会来到 Capital Lane 跟大家见面。Good afternoon, my name is Hui Yi, and I'm a partner with Stevenson Harwood. I'm delighted to be here today, and many thanks to Capital Link and Nicholas for the opportunity. Today, we are discussing the topic capital raising for international shipowners. And joining me, I have a great panel today who will offer insights from the shipowners and advisory perspectives. The panelists are Mr. Alexis Stefano, Chief Financial Officer of Golden Port, Mr. Berlin Lee, the managing partner of Hit Marine, Mr. Gautam Kurana, the Chief Financial Officer of Precious Shipping Public Company Limited, Mr. Stavros Giftakis, Chief Financial Officer of Synergy Maritime Holdings Corporation, Mr. George Zeradakis, founder of XRTC Business Consultants Limited, Vice President of Hellenic Chinese Chamber of Commerce and President, Association of Banking and Financial Executives of Hellenic Shipping. So it, it is an interesting topic that we are tasked with today because compared to the backdrop of, let's say, 10 years ago, the financing market is far more diverse these days, um, as everyone would agree, I'm sure, and with many more options available for ship owners. But at the same time, against the backdrop of regulatory and other factors, I think there are still certain challenges in terms of matching up these products with the needs and expectations of ship owners. So perhaps this is a good time for us to invite our ship owners to maybe um, give a small introduction about the companies they represent, give a state of play about the fleets they are financing, as well as maybe a quick outline of the strategies, financing strategies for the next 12 to 18 months. Um, Alexis, if you, if you don't mind. Many thanks, uh, distinguished guests. Uh, Nicolas, uh, glad to be here uh, after four years. So uh, my name is Alexis Stefano. I'm the CFO of uh, Golden Port Group. It's a diversified uh, group uh, active in uh, dry bulk, uh, tankers, container ships, and uh, LPG shipping uh, out of Athens. The group was founded by Captain Paris Dragnis uh, 40 years ago. Uh, in the last uh, decade, it's been uh, run by his uh, son, uh, John Dragnis, and I have also I joined uh, Golden Port uh, 10 years ago. Uh, before that, I spent uh, 15 years uh, uh, doing investment banking, privatization work, mergers acquisitions, capital raising for shipping companies, as well as uh, uh, financial institutions and energy companies. And uh, our group um, has uh, two holding uh, companies, uh, one for uh, dry bulk and container ships and another for uh, uh, product tankers and LPG. And um, in terms of uh, funding sources, uh, sources of financing, apart from traditional bank debt, uh, we um, uh, initiated uh, our uh, uh, foray into Asia with uh, ICBC uh, four years ago. Um, we financed the three bulk carriers uh, with them. And more recently, we have also tapped uh, Japanese leasing for one dry bulk carrier and one product tanker with the two separate uh, counterparties. Thank you. Gautam? Yeah, thanks, Huawei. So it's, first of all, it's great to be here after four years. So thank you for the invitation. 
so I represent a company called Precious Shipping, Public Company Limited. We, are, uh, we were founded in 1989. We've been listed on the Stock Exchange of Thailand since 1993. We own uh, 38 ships, uh, split between Supermax, Ultramax, and Handysize, and we also own four large uh, cement carriers, double-hull uh, cement carriers. Uh, we are a traditional ship owner uh, in that we do all our technical, commercial management in-house. We also have uh, an in-house training institute in Bangkok. Uh, so in terms of uh, financing, so we are, we are a bit traditional. Uh, we, most of our financing is from uh, banks, uh, although we also, take, uh, we also tap uh, the bond markets in, uh, in Thailand. Uh, so, uh, so in terms of strategy, financing, financing strategy going forward, uh, I would say it's um, it's uh, at least in the, in the current sort of 12 to 18 months, our focus is on reducing our cash break-even, extending our maturities, uh, and also potentially issuing a bond. So, uh, given the the backdrop of a potential weakness, a weaker macro environment uh, next year potentially. Thanks, Gautam. Mustavros. Good afternoon, everybody. It's uh, very good to be back in Shanghai, participating physically in the Capital Link. Nicole, I think last time uh, we did the Capital Link together in Shanghai, it was a webinar. So it's good to be amongst uh, old friends and meet some new friends here in Shanghai. Uh, my name is Stavros Yustakis. I am the CFO of Synergy Maritime and United Maritime. Uh, Synergy Maritime is the flagship company of the group. Uh, we are the only pure-play Cape size owner and operator listed in U.S. stock exchanges, uh, whereas United is our spin-off company, which we created almost a year ago, a bit more than a year ago, to take advantage of opportunities across sectors, so to diversify a bit. Uh, amongst the two companies, uh, we count around 25 vessels and over 4 million deadweight. In terms of financing, our mix comprises traditional bank debt and sale and leaseback arrangements, uh, mainly sourced from Asia, uh, China, and uh, Japan. Uh, so although diversifying uh, our financing uh, means is not uh, a name in itself, uh, we place great value in working with lenders who understand uh, our business, understand the need of our business, are committed and are there to support Synergy throughout the cycles. Great, thank you. Um, Berlin, so in your role, uh, what have you actually been seeing in terms of trends these days for international ship owners? Right, um, thanks, Wei. Uh, before I start, I really want to congratulate Nicholas and the Capital Link team. You know, congratulations on coming back successfully to Shanghai after four years hiatus. Um, so, uh, a little bit about HIT Marine, I guess. Uh, so, the company was founded by my father in 2001. Um, so, traditionally, it has been a new building ship broker, but we've been quite active on ship finance side over the past two, three years. Um, so, I wish to add some colors to this discussion from a ranger and uh, Chinese lessors perspective. Um, so, in terms of what the Chinese lessors have been busy, you know, I'd say um, for the past 12 months, we've seen a lot of inquiries on new buildings. Um, given the fact we've seen a phenomenal number of new building orders being placed in China or worldwide over the past two years. Um, so in terms of types of assets, as we all know, Chinese lessors always prefer more liquid and standardized types of ships. 
Um, so it is actually um, safe to say uh, some tankers or gas carriers with long-term employment are the most popular assets for now, followed by dry bulk and container ships. Um, for container ships, I think we need to see either a very strong balance sheet or a long-term TC against the AAA account name um, in order to achieve higher LTV. Otherwise, I think we are talking about 50 to 60 percent. Um, it's also worth noting that we've seen a lot of interest from Chinese lessors in the PCTC sector, the rural carrier, um, since the market has undergoing some um, uh, structural changes um, boosted by the huge uh, increase of export from China. In fact, China has become one of the world's largest EV manufacturers and has just surpassed Japan as the largest car exporter. If we stand on the street in Shanghai, you see all those cars with the green license plates, they are EVs. So you'll easily notice the penetration of EVs in China these days. Um, otherwise, for the offshore segment, um, very quick comment is that we are seeing very limited in, uh, interest for now. Um, I think the appetite remains subdued. Um, uh, although the market is uh, coming back strongly after such a long period of depression. So with that being said, I think it's, uh, it's likely that we'll see more interest from Chinese leasing in the next 12 months. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Berlin. Um, George, you had a really interesting opening discussion um, from um, the financing perspective. Um, did you have any views on the ship owner perspective, perhaps mostly on the Greek ship owners and what they are seeing in terms of appetite and trends these days for in, in the financing space? Yeah, uh, thank you very much. Uh, I'm not going to repeat the thanks uh, to everybody for this uh, wonderful uh, conference. Uh, I want to say thanks to everybody that he attended, that you attend uh, the conference, and you, that you are uh, happy to listen to this uh, Sino-Hellenic uh, panels, because in each panel there are some Greeks, and this shows as well the connection between the two nations. Uh, I can't I can really say a few things about uh, what you asked me, uh, particularly because I feel that I'm uh, being a Greek, I represent and uh, I serve uh, what we call the supermarket of the world of shipping. Because in Greece we have everything in terms, everything that is floating. There is any ship owner, every ship owner that has different assets, has uh, different uh, uh, needs and different requirements. And this is how I call Greek shipping as a supermarket. Uh, at this very moment, uh, what uh, the market is, uh, and uh, having uh, myself uh, the, uh, the characteristic of being an intermediate, not an intermediate, actually working uh, with financial institutions that they want to serve the Greek shipping market, uh, interpreting as well uh, several times the Chinese mentality into, in the Greek market, I, I want to say that at this very moment, the Greeks they do not look only for a cheap financing. They do not look only for a financing that uh, uh, is, uh, has an increased uh, rate of financing. They need a sustainable financing. They need a partner that they will see that uh, the, same, the same people that they're talking, they will be there tomorrow. And uh, the same banks that the financial institution that they are with, they are going to stay next to them in order to, to decide together about the next steps of shipping. This is the crucial point of what is happening in our market now. Don't forget that in principle, if I may say, uh, in principle, when we have uh, a successful uh, 
shipping, what it means. You have a successful uh, couple between the one that is taking the risk and the other that is giving the money to take the risk, the first one. Therefore, it is the bank and the financier and the owner. And uh, I think that in this uh, very challenging environment that it was described with the previous panel before, and of course uh, with uh, over here, is that uh, this is what we are looking for in a very, very difficult period of the Chinese shipping market that is having a second uh, round of transformation. Uh, the first being, allow me to say that I was one of the pioneers in uh, Chinese shipping uh, uh, activities. Uh, most of the old people that they are here, they remember me being a young person talking about the capacity of China and how China has to lead the shipping financing. And, and nobody understood what was shipping financing in 2003 or 2004 or 2007 or 2008. And I will remind you that uh, the first financing that uh, we did bilateral between uh, CDB and the Greek ship owner, it took us about approximately 17 months. Now, the good thing is that uh, either Stavros or Berlin or uh, Alexis or Gotham is uh, calling the, uh, his client, his uh, banker, and in fact he has at least a preliminary uh, indication whether he can do something or he cannot. This is where we reach. The first transformation of the, of the, shipping, of the shipping finance market in China, it was the, 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 the transformation from the, lend, from the mortgage lending to the uh, leasing structures of 2013 to 16, and then onwards. And now we are going back to different uh, models, and this is the challenging for the market and of all of us being here. And I think that uh, the foreign ship owners, not limited to the Greek ship owners, they have to understand that, uh, that China has become another smaller but still big supermarket uh, for financing. And this is uh, a very challenging for the next uh, uh, questions that we are going to have uh, and we are going to discuss all of us here. Sorry, if I may add to what uh, George just said. You I mean, see interactivity the commands. It's not only a matter of... We are not, we are not proposed, supposed to stay here just to say whether we know very well our poem or whatever. We have to discuss loudly. And uh, actually, if I may help, help you, assist you, I mean, we will encourage you as well to participate in our discussion because otherwise we can stay the five of us and we, stay, we have a wonderful lady and we can be somewhere quiet and have some drinks to, drink, to discuss. Therefore, all together, you must participate. Thank you. So it's on, not only a matter of consistency. So we need, as George said, to, say, to know that the same people will be there to support the business and to extend the next and the financing after the previous one that we had. But it's also a matter of adaptability. It's very important for the, for the local lenders uh, to adapt to the changing market conditions. You know, ship, ship finance is like a, it's like a journey, and you need to be creative. I mean, you will face rough seas, you will face calm seas. You need to look around to see what's changing and then adapt the, uh, adjust the product that you are offering and be there for the client uh, depending on the needs of the company. If I can just add to that in the spirit of being interactive, yes. So I just, I think, as you know, when we look at financiers, for us, a financier is a business partner who's been with us through all the different cycles. So in our case, our oldest financier has actually been with us, has been financing us for about 35 years. 
That's key. So I think finances, we just look at financing as a transaction, is not somebody that we are very keen on. For us, it's a long-term business partnership, given the volatility in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that, that really resonates about the shipping industry as a whole. It's always about long-term relationships. I think just an observation from our end as well was that um, the sustainability and resilience of the ship financing market was uh, quite interesting, particularly in recent times with the Chinese lessors stepping in when some of the banks have retreated. And also, I think what was also very interesting is at the time of the pandemic, there were new lessors um, that entered the market, which really speaks to the resilience of the financing market um, in, in China and also globally as well. But this um, leads on to my next topic um, that I was hoping to explore, uh, really, was um, about the point about options, um, the different options available to ship owners these days. Um, so I think we've touched on traditional bank debt. It's almost as if traditional is not a nice word anymore, but um, bank debt as it was the default for such a long time. You know, we're talking about maybe 50% leverage, maybe up to 60%. And then we've got the Asian sale and leasebacks that could offer up to even 95% in certain areas. And then we also have the Japanese operating leases. We've seen a lot of, these, of those these days that can come up to 100%. So there are a lot of options. Um, I was hoping to kind of uh, uh, talk about what the ship owners, your approach in actually dealing with these different options. I think we've talked about long-term partnerships. Was there anything else um, that you would have to consider when you're evaluating all these different options? Um, Alexis? Many thanks. Um, look, the, um, the discussions uh, with uh, and you know, the choices, uh, there are plenty of choices around. I think the, the, the ship owners uh, nowadays and coming out of uh, COVID and uh, I mean a, a super strong container market and a, a strong and now very strong uh, dry bulk uh, and tanker market uh, especially. Um, for us uh, it has been uh, uh, a period during which we have been uh, you know repaying and prepaying uh, uh, a lot of debt. Uh, Half of our, uh, we have a, our fleet comprises uh, 45 vessels uh, currently. About half of them are debt free. Um, and for us, uh, in an environment of uh, um, higher interest rates, uh, the cash break even is uh, particularly important. So we're not looking to maximize uh, leverage on our fleet. We're uh, more uh, focused on, uh, on the cost, the all in cost. And we can come back uh, to that uh, uh, later. So, uh, you know, also in our discussions with the Chinese lessors and also notably with, uh, with ICBC uh, a few years ago, uh, the objective was not to maximize leverage. It was uh, to be more conservative on the leverage side, uh, but, uh, you know, focus on, uh, on the cost, the all-in cost of the transaction. So we'd rather do 70% uh, LTV and uh, you know have a, a lower risk transaction for all sides and ensure that you know through the cycle uh, this can uh, perform even if there's a, a sharp downturn rather than maximize leverage and then have uh, you know more difficult discussions uh, uh, if, uh, if if there is a downturn that comes thank you um staff for such if anything to add i guess um from synergy's perspective you've got a real diversified portfolio of financing options that you've uh, have experience of yeah, I think, I mean, for us, it's the trade-off uh, between competitively priced transaction and financial flexibility. 
and also because the, the volatility is uh, an inherent uh, uh, risk of the Cape size market, we also place value uh, in having uh, as manageable uh, break-evens as we can. Uh, and this you can achieve mainly by extending the profiles of the loans and the financing as much as possible in the underlying terms. Uh, this is also very relevant uh, when looking at the upcoming environmental regulations and the view that we're taking as a company, whereby we're basically investing in making the vessels more efficiently and we take a more of a full life cycle approach on our assets. We want to see them uh, being, uh, being out there and earning until the end of their economic life. So for us, it's mainly long tenors, long profiles, uh, and low break-evens. Brilliant, thank you. And Galtam, I guess from Precious's perspective, it's always worked very well for Precious to have um, long-term partners in the banks, isn't it? So there's no real, I think from your perspective, it works, so there's no real um, need to diversify your financing options at this point? Uh, so yes and no. I think over the last uh, couple of years, we have seen uh, developmental banks, so the likes of uh, International Finance Corporation and, uh, and ADB, uh, they've had uh, quite an increased appetite in shipping, and we've, uh, you know, we've done transactions with them. And they, they share uh, the value systems that we have internally in terms of uh, you know, focus on ESG, uh, and to an extent we are rewarded. Uh, in the case of IFC, we've, uh, we've been required to implement certain performance standards, which has uh, made us, I would say, a better organization, a more sustainable organization. So. Great. Uh, Berlin, did you have anything to add on this, um, this topic? Um, yeah, of course. So as the uh, arranger and the biggest promoter of Chinese leasing, you know, I would uh, certainly have a lot of faith in the advantages you know, of Chinese leasing compared with other sources, sources of financing. Um, taking Joko as an example, I think Chinese leasing are just way more flexible in terms of giving earlier purchase options with less fees. And it is generally quicker to conclude with Chinese leasing, which typically takes one or two months and can be even quicker for a repeating client. If comparing with uh, Western or conventional banks, I think Chinese leasing um, is known to be more friendly to provide relatively higher LTV and also there to support older tonnage. Um, and also there is another main source of financing coming from the uh, alternative financiers, US and European debt fund. If compared with those guys, I would say Chinese leasing are way more competitive in terms of cost. Um, there are 25 leasing houses these days can do US dollars financing. Um, I would say their typical range of margin uh, typically ranges between 200 to 400 bips. Um, while comparing with all those uh, alternative financiers, their ranges are between 400 to 600 bips. You will see Chinese leasing are way more competitive in terms of cost. And a lot of them can now consider non-recourse finance as well. So that provides another way, um, uh, like bigger room to cooperate. Um, so one of the main obstacles while we are promoting Chinese leasing to a lot of Western owners these days is that some owners, and especially those family owned traditional owners, you know, they still feel reluctant about ideas of giving their title away to Chinese leasing. They feel like they are giving their babies away. You know, but you know, in reality, for anyone having deal with Chinese leasing in the past, they know this is only a nominal transfer of title. And also, you know, dealing with Chinese leasing, a silly spec transaction is as simple, as smooth as a conventional bank law. Um, so hopefully with the reopening of China and a lot of meetings like Capital Link going on, uh, we can elim el eliminate those unnecessary concerns and uh, worries about Chinese leasing. That's, that's interesting. Thank you, Berlin. Of course. Sorry, just a second. I mean, Berlin, 
I have to, uh, first of all, to say that I fully agree with you with what you said. And, uh, and uh, certainly if you compare with what was happening in the past, with what is happening now with the leasing uh, companies, uh, this is uh, really very challenging. In any case, you have, we have also to appreciate that uh, when we're talking about a private company or even a listed company that needs to have some assets with them, I mean, they need to have the ownership in certain cases. I mean, uh, this is uh, something that we cannot overpass it by 100% and then we will move all the assets to leasing as it happened. Of course, you can tell me that this happened again in the past in, in Japan. And, uh, mm. this is the, 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 but there, this, the, there is, that is the characteristic of the, of the market. And at the end of the day, don't forget that the Japanese uh, leasing uh, came back again internationally the last few years, because it was disappeared in order to serve the local market. And uh, this is something that, uh, you know, the experience that the market has regarding the, the path of uh, the leasing companies uh, throughout the decades uh, sometimes justifies uh, the, the hesitation of many of the supporters to give all their assets to leasing. And uh, I do not. I, I can uh, tell you that uh, this uh, exists. I mean, this is uh, this uh, feeling uh, exists, uh, in particular, exists in the in the Greek shipping market. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to encourage at the same time. Allow me myself being more global and uh, having this role as well as the president of an association of financiers. Uh, 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 we have to also encourage the, the, the traditional mortgage uh, lending uh, that uh, exists worldwide. And uh, we have as well to call uh, for the international banks uh, to come over again and to come back as well, together with the Chinese banks, that uh, it, it seems now to me that uh, we have uh, certain signs of uh, recovery of the mortgage loan in the, Greeks, in the Chinese finance market. And uh, this is going to help as well uh, the improvement of the market vis-a-vis -vis the, 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 the leasing and the other alternatives, as I said in my speech, about the, the, the use of the securities, uh, commodities, uh, bonds in different, in different uh, uh, types. And uh, we will see a great improvement of, uh, of, of our market. One thing that uh, we have to notice, uh, however, and uh, we have uh, at least to have it as an outcome, uh, from this uh, nice conversation and nice conference that we have here uh, of uh, Bornoz's family, is the, the, the elimination of the role of the hundreds of the numerous number of brokers that in fact, in a sense, destroyed the market or at least uh, affected the reputation of the Chinese market in the last decade. Now we have seen less uh, individuals pretend that they are a broker, you know, going around and knocking the door of the, of the shipping clients worldwide. Or uh, we, we've seen, for instance, a, a, a better professionalism. And this justifies what exactly you said about the capacity and the capability of the, of the leasing structures, of the leasing companies. Yeah. 
uh, quickly uh, respond to uh, George's comment. I, yeah, the first, first point is I totally agree. I think the diversification is very important. So I think for any initial owners, you don't have to go all in Chinese leasing. Actually, I do have one or two clients. They are pretty much like all in Chinese leasing for now. But I think for the majority of the clients, it's better just keep a, a balanced portfolio, like diversified, diversified portfolio, so, so, so that you, know, you don't really miss anything. What, what if you have a better option here in China? Well, sometimes you may have a better option with a Western conventional bank. And second thing, yes, um, Chinese leasing obviously has been through a reshuffling period of time for the past two, three years. Um, but one thing for sure is we're all coming here today, sitting here today, and meeting all the leasing houses, and some, they emerged during the COVID, as uh, Hui just mentioned. Um, but I think collectively, the Chinese leasing is uh, just getting stronger as ever, um, that's for sure. And uh, hopefully, you know, um, everybody can find a solution here. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's brilliant. I mean, uh, the, I think the takeaway from all of that must be that it's a great time to be a ship owner these days because there's so many options for financing available compared to before. Um, but I just wanted to just, um, since we have the luxury of having two listed companies on this panel, I just wanted to touch very quickly about your experience with um, assessing capital on the capital markets. Um, so Gautam and Stavros, did you, how has that worked? I mean, for one of the things about shipping as an industry, we must look more attractive to other industries, for example, aviation, so that helps attract liquidity to the market, to the industry. Um, how has that been um, for the company itself, um, Galtan? So that, that's been, of course, uh, that's, a, uh, that's a source of strength for us, uh, but it's not something that we have used very much. Since our listing in 1993, we have uh, done secondary offerings just twice. Uh, but we are confident that uh, if there is a need, then uh, our, our shareholders will support us. And the reason for that is because uh, if, if you were an investor in our stock at the IPO in 1993, and if you held on to our stock until today, you reinvested all the dividends back into our stock, you would have got a 16% compounded annual return. So uh, our shareholders have been rewarded, rewarded quite well. Uh, so, yeah, I expect they will support us. Excellent. Stavros? Yeah, uh, for Synergy, historically, the capital markets have been uh, the growth engine, I would say. Uh, we have raised around uh, 250 million since I joined the company back in 2017, uh, with the good support also of Nicholas and Capital Link, who is responsible for our investor relations uh, activities in New York. Uh, the last offering that we did was back in February 2021, the market was far better than it is today in terms of liquidity and valuation. The last offering we concluded uh, at a valuation almost two and a half times our NAV. Uh, now today, unfortunately, the valuation market is not there. Most of the dry bulk names trade at discounts between 10 and 50%. Uh, however, we see that the investors do see the value proposition uh, because balances are much more healthy than they used to be. Uh, companies tend to return capital to the shareholders either in the form of dividends or share buybacks. Uh, and we think that uh, the capital markets are there to play a role when the valuation returns and the liquidity uh, is better, which has also to do with the interest rate environment. Uh, and the capital markets are there to play a role, especially in replacing uh, vessels in view of the decarbonization strategy of the sector. However, the time is not now, but this time will come. Uh, sure. May I add, because uh, I have uh, this, uh, I'm always uh, in the board of international uh, listed companies at uh, this uh, period, I mean, with the Imperial and the C3IS uh, of Afias Group. 
Uh, one thing that we must say, and of course here we have an excellent example of a synergy, and you heard uh, before that uh, the boss of uh, Stavros, uh, I mean, describing so nicely the challenges of the market. Uh, one thing that we have now in front of us is a market that nominates or leads the way that how it's going to be the shipping market of the future. If you go and read what the listed companies, the Greek listed companies are at this, not only the Greek, but the international listed companies that they are in, uh, in, in, in the stock exchanges, particularly in the states that they are governed by, by, by CC, by GAP, with, with all these uh, requirements, then we will see how the market is moving. And uh, the market is moving towards a, a more sophisticated and a more financiable uh, 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 basis, meaning that everyone has to see the sustainable use of money. The sustainable use of money. It is not just because I'm buying something and I'm having for the first three months a very nice cash flow and I have a good return. And we, we need to have it for a medium to long term uh, and we have to justify everything to our investors. And this is the merit of, uh, as Stavros correctly said, of balancing uh, the indices with uh, the use of funding and, of course, with the bets that they're going to come and, uh, to, to, to meet the challenges of the future. And uh, in order to do this, you have to be sustainable. You have to be uh, absolutely uh, uh, transparent. And uh, you have to work directly as a company with the investors and with the financiers, having, of course, a proper uh, investment relationship uh, personalities as Capital Link and many others that exist even here uh, in China and everywhere in the world. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, so the next thing I really wanted to talk about was um, green shipping. So we had a great panel on this earlier um, and it's really highlighted the urgency and and that is the forefront on everybody's uh, minds. Um, it's also very clear that the one size doesn't fit all. Um, there are many ways to skin a cat. So every ship owner will have their own priorities to achieve their green ambitions. Um, so for here, for our panel, uh, perhaps we can explore how the financiers can help ship owners achieve their goals in maritime decarbonization. Alexis? Right. So, look, um, let me be a little bit provocative here. So, in my view, uh, decarbonization is uh, not going to happen because uh, our financiers are going to offer us, uh, you know, 10, 20, 25 basis points uh, lower margin uh, for uh, a new building project. The key for decarbonization is the support from our, our charters. And uh, the charters uh, need uh, to put uh, their money where their mouth is. So instead of uh, uh, talking uh, a lot about decarbonization, they actually need to be prepared to uh, commit to spend money uh, and uh, support the ship owners in that regard. So um, it is, 
important uh, that uh, for us as ship owners in order to pro pro proceed with these uh, large additional incremental investments that we have the support of the charters uh, and uh, that they agree to a higher charter rate for be prepared to enter into a long-term uh, charter agreement. Uh, and uh, during the uh, life of this charter agreement, that's a large part, if not the entirety, of uh, the incremental investment is recovered. I think that is the, the crucial point here. Thank you. Thanks, Alexis. Um, Gautam, I think clearly Precious takes green shipping very seriously. I think on that, congratulations on being recognized as the outstanding climate action leading organization in Thailand for commitment to greenhouse gas management. Um, so on that, did you think, I think you've mentioned the development banks actually having been quite ahead of the curve in this respect, but do you think the financiers can do more to support ship owners in this respect? A very well? nice question. So, well, okay, I, I, of course I'd like them to do more, but uh, debt financiers, so what we're really taking, the, the, the major steps uh, that are required to decarbonize, let's say, in, for instance, you know, we looked at uh, building uh, a methanol dual fuel bulk carrier, and uh, like Alexis, we saw that there was actually limited support from the, uh, from the charters, from the major charters. Uh, but of course, if, uh, if financiers are able to share that risk with us, build something for the future, I actually become equity providers, take some risk in that respect. Uh, that'll, that'll be a very uh, good, uh, that'll be very helpful. Great. Stavros? Yeah, sure. So uh, when it comes to decarbonization, there are really two pathways uh, that the industry can take. One is the most capital intensive, and this is new buildings, but it's also more emissions intensive uh, because building a new ship means very heavy CO2 emissions through the process of, of, of uh, construction, through the construction process. And the other, which is what we're favoring at Synergy more, is basically investing uh, in making the existing ships more efficient. There are sectors such as the CAPSA sector whereby we will have to live with the existing fleet for many years to come for various reasons, be it limited yard uh, slot availability, uh, be it that it doesn't make economic sense uh, to order now new buildings, as Tamati said in the previous panel. Uh, so basically, the role of the financiers is very important in both pathways. Uh, on the new buildings, of course, financing new buildings, when the time is right, uh, we expect our banks uh, and the export-import agencies to play a very important role. But now when it comes to existing vessels, you have retrofit financing that they can extend. You have sustainability-linked loans. Uh, but meaningful sustainability-linked loans with uh, significant incentive on the pricing side which can potentially finance part of the retrofit. And also what I said before, I mean extending the profiles and the terms uh, of the facilities. Actually, as Synergy, we have taken the view that every financing that we do now, uh, we want it to run until the end of the useful economic life of the assets. We do not want to refinance the vessels again and again. So we're mainly doing business uh, with lessors or uh, banks who can uh, see their profiles being extended until the vessels become 21, 22 years of age. Sure. Uh, because a lot of things, uh, I don't want to repeat uh, what my predecessor said, but uh, even uh, what it was discussed before or what is being discussed, generally speaking, about the decarbonization. One thing that we must know is that this headache of meeting the decarbonization and the environmental requirements 
either through the compliance of the ESG terms, either through the compliance of the Poseidon principle that exists in the market, or the compliance with the, the environmentalists of uh, the European Union and the, and the European Union uh, as, as, as itself. Uh, the, the shipping companies at this moment, they are obliged to have a very good partner in terms of uh, the legal partner and another very good partner in the auditing. Because it is, gonna, it is not easy to follow all this abbreviation that exists, whether it is the CII, whether it is the EU ETC, whether there are TCI, TCB, TCC, TCC, etc., etc. It is, we are all obliged to show that we are sustainable in this term. It is to show that uh, there, is, there is in the brain of, and in the strategy of each company uh, uh, the wish to move towards the targets that have been set by the International Forum. Having said that, however, I have to open the door for great business for the financiers and the great big challenge that the financiers have in front of them is how to finance the first type of vessels that they are going to be really greener or green or at least greener, that they're going to be the ships that they're calling often the ports, like the service ships at the beginning of the port in the port industry. Secondly, the passenger market that they're going daily or hourly in, and they're calling the ports, they are in the shore. And the whole cost, uh, cost uh, short sea shipping that exists, uh, both in China, in Europe, in Asia, everywhere. And this is the real challenge, and this is how they are going to start. We are going to start having the examples in the world of shipping. Great, thank you. Um, we've run out of time, unfortunately. Clearly, we can talk about this um, all day, maybe over coffee, over drinks. But just so I can wrap up, um, perhaps the ship owners, given that we've got a room full of um, many financiers today. Maybe you can just say in just one line, what would you expect from your financiers? If you get a term sheet today, what would you want to see? Alexis? Uh, look, I think we have uh, covered uh, most of this, but I think essentially uh, we're looking for uh, attractive uh, margin and uh, extended uh, profiles. I think those are the, the key parameters that we're looking for. Gautam? So long, long profiles, and given where we are in the cycle, uh, I would say light covenants on uh, value maintenance clause. Excellent. Stavros? Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, uh, financial flexibility in terms of realistic covenants and then longer profiles coupled uh, with uh, competitive uh, pricing, uh, which reflects also the current interest rate environment. Do you want any grand? Eh? Whatever you can bring us, George. Huh. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you for this uh, wonderful coordination, and, uh, and uh, we really enjoyed it. Thank you Lovely. very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.